The Crime Scene Podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, listeners, and welcome to The Crime Scene. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. If you're listening again, hi. I'm your host, Brandy. And I'm Edgar. And Edgar has a story today about Dorothy Stratton. Mm-hmm. Are you guys ready to listen to this one? I am. 100%. Okay. Perfect. I was just about to ask you, too. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you even brought that up. <laughs> okay. All right. So let me start off by introducing the famous Canadian model slash actress, Dorothy Stratton. For those of you who don't know, she was a Canadian model and actress, like I just said, and she was very popular in the 80s, or like late 70s, so it's not like she's popular right now. To her close friends and loved ones, she was just Dorothy Ruth Hoopstratton, so she changed her name when she became famous like everybody does, you know? Born uh, February 28, 1960 in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Her parents, Nellie and Simon Hoogstratton, and she had two younger siblings, John Arthur and Louise. She was raised in a pretty bad neighborhood in Vancouver, but she was a good kid, so she was never a troublemaker and was never in trouble. Um, when she was also in high school in 1977, she was also a part-time employee at the local Dairy Queen. Oh. Mm-hmm. And that local Dairy Queen was still there until, I want to say... I'm not fully sure. I think it was 90s or like the 2000s, oh. but it's renovated because I tried looking it up right now on the map mm-hmm. to see if I could get like a recent picture. But it looks like there's renovation and they're making like apartments or some type of buildings on there now. Oh, bummer. Yeah. But around that time uh, when she was in high school working at the Dairy Queen, she was also starting to get a lot prettier. You know, her feathery blonde hair, the blue eyes. I mean, she basically had a blow up. You know, that's what everybody calls it now. <laughs> Not that she was an ugly child, but people just started noticing her beauty on top of that. She was super nice. She was very sweet. She was kind to everybody all around there. So everybody there just kind of took a like to her. You know, when you're very nice and you're pretty, people tend to like that. They're not really just going to be mean to you. Yeah. Yeah. While working at the Dairy Queen one day, a man named Paul Snyder walked in. They hit it off from there. They became friendly. You know, he was just a kind of good looking guy for back in the 80s, if you want to say. (laughs) Um, Mind you, Paul is a 26 year old Vancouver promoter and apparently a small pimp, like, you know, around the neighborhood. Oh, he sounds sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) And on the other hand, we have 17 year old Dorothy. So when he met her, she was definitely underage, and he was just one of those sickos. You know, he took a like to her, and it was just bad from there. Mm -hmm. While they were dating, probably about sometime close to a year, he convinced her to let him take some nudes of Dorothy, and he sent them to Playboy without her consent. And then he shortly told her, so, like, she knew. After the fact. Yeah, but, like, she, it, it was weird. You know, their relationship was never the best. They From the get-go, it was obviously weird because he was 26 years old. She was 17. She was a sweet little young child, never got in trouble, never did anything bad. It sounds like he took advantage of her. <laughs> That's basically what it was. 
I mean, she was trying to be a movie star and she wanted to be famous and move to the States, go to L.A., New York and become, you know, one of those women that are on the movie covers, on magazines, everywhere. But he kind of brainwashed her because on top of being like the promoter and being a pimp, he was just an all around bad person. You know, he was very manipulative. He was very aggressive with people. He always got his way in a weird way. He sent them to Playboy. In her defense, it wasn't just like a yes. It wasn't just like she just wanted to take those pictures and he asked her and it just happened. It took about, I want to say, two weeks or so for him to just fully convince her after just nagging it on and asking and keeping the same question going, you know, day and night, on and on. And if he sent them without her knowledge... She trusted him. Oh, exactly. She trusted him to do the right thing. And then he went and sent her private photos to Playboy of all places. Yeah. I mean, she... Did, she, did they stay together after that? Yeah. So she stayed together. Um, and when this happened, I have a quote from her. And it says, and I quote, It took him a little to talk to me into agreeing to taking some test pictures. That's where that quote ends. And then another quote starts as, I had never taken my clothes off for anyone. I didn't know. It took me about two weeks to agree. And then that's where it stops, the quotes. Oh, so he just badgered her until... Yeah, I mean, just from those quotes right there, saying that she's never taken her clothes off for anybody. Like, Mm -hmm. come on. Well, she's a little girl. Exactly. She didn't know what else to do. She thought, you know, this is going to get me famous if i get these pictures out there and you know being okay with it and he was just like cool well i already sent them and it doesn't say like if she was upset or anything about it i don't really think so because she got a lot of fame from it and she just got everything seemed like it was going well basically you know so from the pictures she got attention from playboy and Hugh hefner too at this time, it was basically just Playboy because they had they flew her out to L.A. where she became Playmate of the Month in August 1979. And that wow. was because, uh, I know, right? She gained it for Playmate of the Month because Playboy has Playboy's Great Playmate Hunt Contest. And they had one for the 25th year anniversary, I believe it was. And that's when she ended up getting it on August 1979. I didn't know that Playboy did a Playmate hunt. (laughs) Oh my god, they used to do so many things. I looked a few things up on Playboy as well. And they had so many contests and weird things going on. That's just like a whole other subject that (laughs) I'm not going to get into just because right now it's too much going up on this, you know? Mm -hmm. Shortly after all of this... Paul was right by her side, you know, and he pressured her into getting married, basically. And she ended up getting married with Paul because he was just like a horrible guy. You know, that's all he was doing. And she's young and she's naive and she probably thought that she was in love. That's exactly what it is. Like she had this older man in front of her who she thought was famous because he was a club promoter, you know. And on top of that, he was so much older to her and she had never really been with anybody like that. And she thought, wow, 
this man, he's a real man, and he's going to be able to do this for me and do that. And if I marry him, then it's probably going to be a, a good thing for me, you know? Yeah. After she got flown out there and Paul pressured her to get married within like that year, because she became Playmate of the Month on August 1979, Hugh himself in the year 1980 was so intrigued in her looks, the way that she was. She was so kind to everybody. He had noticed her from the actual issue. He decided to make her Playmate of the Year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And literally in 1980, just because he thought, you know, this girl is so young, she's so pretty, she's got what it takes, she was 20 years old, you know, mm-hmm. anybody around that age is always super pretty. Like, I wish oh, I yeah. was 20 again. <laughs> I know, I miss it. <laughs> so by 1980- You were full of life and in, in when we were 20. Like <laughs> That's honestly what it is like, you know, you and just feel like you have all this life. And then it's downhill from 25. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> all right, keep going, sorry. So by 1980, she had already modeled a few times. She had started in a few movies, like the funny comedy Galaxina. So she was getting, you know, her little rise in fame, doing a few little things here and there. And while she was on the set for Galaxina, her husband, Paul, would go there all the time. Like he would show up without like telling her, trying to catch her in something. He would get to the point where it was stalking people around set noticed yeah like everybody just got almost weirded out you know because she didn't know so when he showed up it was like she was surprised and people were just thinking you know this man is just weird people started to notice that around her sounds like jealousy maybe a little bit oh no it was definitely jealousy and more like he got to the point where he was bugging her you know, it was like they would have to stop because people were uncomfortable. Oh, no. So she couldn't do her job. Exactly. And around that time, you know, you get really close to your makeup artist, the set crew, the director, the producer, everybody that's on there, you start growing close to just because everybody that's there just kind of becomes a family. Everything that I was reading just always said that she was super sweet everybody on set she never had a problem with doing anything she was always you know like a ray of sunshine she was always super sweet smiling happy anything that you thought a young woman who was in her 20s that just wanted to be famous and Mm -hmm. she had the qualities and everything while she was on the set of galaxina the director Peter Bogdanovich, which a few of you out there, if you've heard of his movies, then you know he's a pretty famous director. So her and Peter, which is the director, Paul is the husband, just okay. in case, because both of those names are kind of not confusing, but they're almost similar, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So the director, Peter, and Dorothy herself, he started getting fond of her just because he thought this creep, who was her husband, was doing too much and he kind of like took her under under his wing you know he would take her out for dinners and do things just to kind of get her mind out of it being friendly while that was going on she kind of started getting some feelings for him because he wasn't a total piece of shit like (laughs) paul was basically yeah you know this guy just he was a good man He didn't treat her like crap. He was not aggressive. He was not jealous. He was not pressuring her into doing stuff. He just wanted the best for her. 
And at the end of the day, that's why he hired her, because he wanted a good movie going on. You know, this girl just had a bright personality. Once he found out that Dorothy and the director were getting more than friendly, Paul himself, her husband, got completely insane. Like, he lost it. He went ahead and bought, like, a shotgun the day before. He was threatening her. He was just telling her, like, the worst things. It was just a worst time for Dorothy. Sadly, after she landed the role for They All Laughed, which is a popular movie, Edgy became Playmate of the, Playmate of the Year. Her husband murdered her that no. same year. Mm-hmm. 1980. So she had just met him in 1977 at the Dairy Queen, sent the pictures. You know, she became famous two years after that. She had already gotten a few other modeling things and also from becoming Playmate of the Month, getting the movies. Wow. So how, how old was she when he murdered her? She was 20. It was still the same year wow. as she had. She didn't even get to 21. Like, it was shortly when she finished Galaxina and all of that jealousy went on. Mm -hmm. Then she got, they all laughed. By that point, she had already been Playmate of the Year. And this was, like, within months. And he just got super jealous with all of that. And, yeah, the rise in fame made him increasingly abusive. And he just lost it. And poor Dorothy didn't do anything. She just didn't want to be around a total piece of crap, you know? Mm -hmm. And she was just a young girl who was trying to make it in fame in LA. She didn't have anybody. She had him. And to just being around a person like that is just too toxic, you know? For yeah. her, it just, she needed a change. And unfortunately, he just got too aggressive and he ended up losing it with her. And Dorothy was such a nice woman that he had been threatening her days prior to when all of this happened and he asked her himself he said hey i need you to come to my apartment and i need you to come over here and we need to talk and stuff and this was already after he had been threatening her uh, and and she Dorothy, went <laughs> yeah i mean you know I, from everything that i've been saying i've probably said it enough times already she was a sweet young woman. You and know, she trusted him. That's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's her husband. So there is a level of trust there. Exactly. And that's where she went wrong, unfortunately, for her. And on August 14th, 1980, so this was literally when it happened, a year basically after she became Playmate of the Month, and then she became Playmate of the Year a few months after that because of in 1980, and then she landed the movies. This was just in August. So Dorothy was lured to his apartment in L.A. She had been living there already for a few months, probably about a year. So after making all the threads, he got her in there. He lured her into the apartment, and then he forced her into the, the actual bedroom that he had in there just by himself. Mm -hmm. And once he got into the bedroom, that's where he sexually assaulted her. And while all of this was going on after it happened, he then shot her in the face. 
Jesus. Yeah. And the reports after, they actually say that she was also missing a finger from her trying to block Uh, the actual, like, shotguns. Basically getting shot in the face. That's horrible. The pictures are so bad. Honestly, she didn't deserve any of this. She was too sweet to just get treated like this. She was 20 years old and way too trusting just for wanting fame, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not on her because this person who did this to her was just a total piece of shit. Yeah, it sounds like it. Right from the get-go, too, being 26 and preying on a little 17-year-old girl, like, at the Dairy Queen. That's as worse as it gets, but... uh, So a lot of people would be wondering, you know, did this man get taken to jail or anything? And no, he actually... Turned the gun on himself, and he pulled the trigger, and just went right then and there. Uh, Also, whenever they showed up, apparently there were brains all over the walls. There was, like, blood-covered, like, sheets, walls. The worst thing that it says was the blood on the walls. Yeah. You know? And this piece of shit asshole, the worst (laughs) thing that he ended up doing was leaving a note. Like, for Dorothy, or I'm guessing it was for her, because it just says basically what he was going to do to her. Everything from the sexual assaulting, from hitting her, from trying to strangle her, from shooting her in the face. Like, he had this all planned and written in a note before she even showed up. Jesus. It's like he wanted to send it or something. That's so definitely premeditated. Well, if he yeah. was making threats, he was probably, he just probably just sounds like it just spiraled. Yeah. Instead of doing the right thing in her calling, she just ended up going there, which is unfortunately really sad. I mean, but, but who thinks that too? Yeah. Nobody's really going to think that their husband is going to go shoot them in the face yeah. like that, I guess, you know? And around just a few hours after that two of snyder's roommates found the two bodies and by this point it had been so long that apparently the blood trails had like ants on them oh yeah so it was quite a while while they were found inside of the apartment where it all happened dang Mm -hmm. and the other thing that i did want to mention was that there's actually quite a few movies and there's a few songs written or dedicated, I would say, to Dorothy. One that everybody has probably heard of is Death of a Centerfold, the Dorothy Stratton story, which was a pretty popular one. There's a few other more. I'm a huge like movie and music guy, and I also didn't know that The Best Was Yet to Come by Brian Adams was technically about Dorothy. Oh, like I didn't know that Joker. either. Yeah. And my favorite song of all time, not necessarily the first one, <laughs> but it's definitely up there. Californication by Oh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Exactly. Wow. That's also yeah, that was kind of like based on Dorothy Stratton. Yeah, I had no idea. There's also The Killing of the Unicorn is supposed to be a really good book that everybody should listen to because that was about her and it has to do with it has a lot of details 
a lot of good things that are brought up in there. I wonder if it's an audiobook, because I would totally listen to it. Definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm going to. I also wanted to give credit to a few things that I went ahead and checked for all of this. Mm-hmm. I did go on ABC 2020. ABCnews.go.com had a few things. A heavy.com was also on there. And if you watch a few like documentaries or like Netflix series, there's Welcome to Chippendales. And she had a small part in there, which she did very good. So Nicola Peltz did a very, really good impression of her from changing her voice to the looks and the way that she was. So she did a really good job. You know, I would say definitely recommend that if you want to see a little bit. So why is she in the the Chippendales docudrama? So that technically this is just has to do more with Paul as opposed to her. So I didn't want to get too much into that one. Mm -hmm. But Paul Snyder was the creator of Chippendales. He oh, had no help, shit. but yeah, he was the one who wanted that. I just didn't want to put the light on yeah, him. Yeah, fuck that so. guy. Yeah. Like if you watch Welcome to Chippendales, which is the thing where she has little spots in, you'll see and it gives you things about him, but not that he was a great guy, so fuck him, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, it's so tragic. Yeah, but, She's so young. Mm-hmm. Any of you out there that like music go listen to californication and really hear it really listen to it i'm going to now now i'm gonna go re-listen to and actually listen to what uh what they're saying yeah definitely should just because after reading this and me listening to that song again i was just like whoa yeah it's kind of weird but and i had actually never heard of dorothy stratton until you told me that you were doing your episode on her but i didn't look anything mm-hmm. up right but it's so crazy that there's all of these documentaries and there's like this Chippendales show that, I mean, she's not in it. You said this, but like her, she's portrayed in it and these songs about Dorothy Tratton. And I've literally never heard of her until now. No. Yeah. She, she's in the show. She just not, she doesn't have like the biggest parts in it, but you could definitely see her if you wanted to on there. But there was tons, like ABC did a special on her in 2019 or 2020, I believe it was. I didn't write that one on here just because in that actual interview, they had a a lot of, it was like a kind of sus type of deal. I didn't really want to go on there and get details from them just because it seemed a little weird. Uh, So I just went ahead and got information from other places, but You can definitely check that one out. There's tons of other ones on her. There's like articles. There's a lot of pictures. We'll definitely include some pictures on Instagram Mm -hmm. for you guys to see how beautiful she is. I did look her up when you told me you were doing your episode on Dorothy Strand and she is gorgeous. (laughs) She's gorgeous. I mean, there's pictures where I showed you where she looks like, I don't even know. There's she looks so different. There's somewhere she looks like Dolly Parton, super pretty, <laughs> and they're like a young Dolly Parton. And then there's other ones where she looks like she would be one of the girls now, like walking around in 2023. Yeah, she, looks she so really pretty. does. She's so mature. I can't believe mm-hmm. she's only 20 because she's so mature. She has like the blonde, like wavy curly hair, like like picture perfect. Yep. 
when I was first doing my research, I thought she was going to be like 27, 28, closer, you know, to like almost her 30s. But no, she was so young. That's the thing that really made me upset about the entire research that she was so young and she didn't really get to live anything just because this asshole went ahead and just had to go ruin it for her. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he didn't get to pay. I mean, he, yeah, he killed just, himself. He copped out. Just, yeah. Exactly. That's copying out. That's not getting to choose what happens to you because ugh, yeah. I could keep going on. I know. And on with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any questions about anything? Um, I don't. I don't have any questions. I just, I kind of want to go watch a documentary about her now, though. No, yeah. I mean, there's t- there's tons of things, little details that I could have put in here, but this podcast would have probably t- been like two hours, honestly. Mm-hmm. I had to break it all down and put the biggest things. It's basically like a giant haiku version that I gave <laughs> you. So definitely go if you want to see, you know, actual little details, if you want to see the pictures, if you want to see people around her talk about you know seeing old videos and stuff definitely go do that and we will, I ended up doing it. we will post photos on our instagram too so mm-hmm. if you guys want to go to our instagram page the crime scene podcast you when this episode posts we'll post to instagram also and we'll add her picture on there oh yeah we'll also have april's if you didn't catch last week's definitely check out the one from last week yes. and we'll have her pictures on there too I just wanted to end it with, since this was kind of like a domestic thing, you know, if you or anyone, you know, has been a victim of sexual assault, help is available. You know, you can contact Brain's National Hotline, and we have that at 1-800-656-HOPE, or that is 1-800-656-4673. We'll put that name or the number and everything, the information on the site as well, so you can, if you or anyone you know, you know, you can go from there. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you so much. And we'll catch you at the crime scene. Yep. Catch you at the crime scene. Bye. Bye.